0: He is a man who spends hours in hardware stores, sifting through the nuts and bolts of life. Joe Soushiere. We're joined by Jesse Christensen. Jesse, would it be fair to say, what, you're a member of the Save the Name group, or what's the official name?
1: Yeah, Save the Name Patrick Henry. And more than that, I'm me. I'm a North Sider. I am a Henry Grant. This is dear to me.
0: Uh, but a little more than a week ago, we had Anthony Boone on, and uh, the, the sense I was getting from him is that the uh, grads, the alum, weren't really given much of a voice in this. Is that what you're finding?
1: Oh, huge. I went to their very first meeting. I brought my children because I wanted them to see what this type of a process or whatever would be like. And it was said that it was going to be a deal. You can ask questions, whatever else. I figured I'd be getting information. And instead, we went in there, and it had very little to actually do with Patrick Henry. I thought we were going to be talking about Patrick Henry. Mm -hmm. And it was a deal where we were listening to the kids. We were told we were not going to be able to ask questions and um, really didn't focus on that at all. If it didn't focus... A lot of people walked out feeling um, bullied in their groups at the tables and stuff and, and attacked by some of the people there for even having an opposing view, and uh, felt really disheartened because, you know, they just wanted information and wanted to be a part of a process. Do you think students are behind this name change? I think that there are students involved in the name change. I believe that the students should be accountable for the words they speak, but... You know, at one point in time I read that, say, they had, you know, 250 members or whatever of this deal, but it's a core group of 20, as it stated, students, staff, and community members, mm-hmm. which I have a hard time with because if it's students, staff, and community, how can it be presented as a student group, and, and how can they have so much time and everything in the classrooms, and how can they disrupt so much of the day in school?
0: Well, and by community members, they apparently mean the community members who most uh, urgently wish to change the name of the school. Exactly. I mean, you're a community member, and you don't want to change the name of the school. No. What year did you graduate?
1: I graduated '86.
0: Okay. So right about Anthony Boone's era.
1: I was ahead of Anthony. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh
0: huh. What is your What is the next step here? Do you have any hope at all for common sense to prevail, or is this a done deal?
1: Well, here's the deal. In saying that we haven't had a chance to speak, we haven't. We've asked. We've asked repeatedly. We've been denied that opportunity to speak. Who, who denies
0: you that opportunity? Who denies the that principal. opportunity? The principal, the principal of the, principal the school.
1: denied the opportunity for the site council. Finally, he conceded that we could speak. And when the kids actually had the presentation to the site council, um, it came about there. Somebody asked him. One of the council members said, is the other side going to have a chance to speak? you know, present their side, and he literally mumbled and said something about, yeah, you know, they can talk, they can do their thing. Mm -hmm. So this coming Thursday, we'll have a chance to present our first and only time, and it's the same day that they'll be doing their vote. But what really sucks about this, though, is that this group speaks as if they are in the majority, Mm -hmm. and they're so not, even by their numbers that they present. They're not the majority. They say 77% of students, 90% of teachers. They don't mention that not even half of them even filled out their poll. Mm -hmm. And the other, there's so many there that are afraid to speak out. There Mm -hmm. are staff members that are afraid to speak out about this because they have been absolutely singled out, classrooms disrupted, bullied by other teachers there. There are students that come home, and parents have written letters about things kids have. So
0: so the uh, so in other words if you favor continuing the name of the school as Patrick Henry you're you're what? You're uh, you're a slaveholder. You're a racist. I haven't really
1: gotten that all down because honestly Patrick Henry if you look at it yeah mm-hmm. the guy was brought up in a family that said you know that that had slaves it was in a time it was everything there you had them that you treat them with kindness, that they should be well cared for, that they should be educated, that, you know, and honestly, it said they should be brought about to Christianity. hmm But not one part of them said that they should be treated with any kind of brutality or anything like that. So you take a person that's brought up in this time, this era, this age, and then you have a man standing here before you who says, you know what, this is wrong, and he does something about it. Mm-hmm. He goes against everything that he was brought up with, everything that was around him. To put myself in his shoes at that time Mm -hmm. would be huge and completely daring to sit there and speak out. Oh, he was a daring guy. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I look at that, and I think, oh, my gosh, why can you not be proud of that? Because everything that these kids are trying to do exactly amplifies what he's doing, what he did. He gave them their voice. He gave them their opportunity, and he stood for what they do.
0: Back in the 80s when you and Boone were in school, did this kind of thing come up much?
1: No. Mm-hmm. No. For the life of me, no. That's, that's not how I live my life. That's not how I do anything. It's gotten to be now. This whole thing now has got to be, and I hate saying it. I hate it, mm-hmm. that it's gotten to be a deal with color and with black and white. Mm-hmm. And when presentations are given, it's we and us. And when names are picked out, you know, it's we and us. It's not inclusive of the whole school like it should be. Mm-hmm. I mean, for Pete's sake, they have posters up in their school. It was up on the wall. I don't know if it's still there today, but it was up on the wall for over three weeks. And granted, it might have been for some group writing a thing, you know, for a class or whatever up there. But it still said, you know, students demand number one, and we need more um well, I have black a screenshot. I have a screen. I, learn. Yeah. I have a
0: screenshot of the poster. It says, "Because some white teachers are racist, I learn better with black teachers."
1: Yeah, and it's like you' kidding me. Are these the right. teachers that maybe aren't for this movement? Yeah. How do you go to work every day with that? How do you how do you learn in school and stuff in that environment? Changing a name doesn't change your grades. Doesn't change your test scores. Doesn't change your ability to learn. It doesn't change who you are. It doesn't change who you're going to be.
0: Well believe history me is that's over we You
1: learned from. Yeah.
0: I uh I'm I'm fascinated by the larger uh, picture uh because uh if if you if you wish to be party now to changing the name of Patrick Henry High School then it's the same as Lake Calhoun the there's a movement in St. Paul maybe to change the name of Monroe there'll be no end to your purification of history. You've got a lot of work to do.
1: Oh yeah. You have to yeah. change yeah. When everything where do you begin, where do you end? Mm-hmm. And that's where I go, you know, that they couldn't group Henry with Calhoun and Ramsey, completely different situations. Mm-hmm. And that's when I go, look at the man, look at him as a whole. Look at and be proud that he was somebody that did bring about change, that did see his mistakes, that did move. Well, I, I would say that... I'm a man of his words. I would say you this... You have say- students in the school right now that don't care to have the name change. students in the school right now that say seriously, if you're going to spend this much money, buy us computers. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the name. Give me something so I can learn.
0: Well, I would say the same thing about Patrick Henry that I said about Calhoun. There's no case for a name change. The case would have to be that back in 1937, the powers that be named it Patrick Henry High School precisely because he owned slaves. Therefore, you could go and make the argument, we can't have this school name for this guy, and I, I'd wholeheartedly agree. Same with Lake Calhoun. You'd have to make the argument that it was named Lake Calhoun specifically because Calhoun owned slaves, which, of course, is not that's not the plausible reason it was named that way, nor is that plausible about Patrick Henry. This is a whitewashing of history that's only just begun. Yeah. It's only just begun.
1: Exactly, and, and quite honestly, that's how some of that wording questions at the very first meeting were presented. They were presented set up to fail. You know, and how would you name it after such a bad person, after a bad man, after this? And it's like, wait a minute, they didn't. And, you know, then comes the honesty where, you know, it, the the issue of slavery and in the history and whatever wasn't as prominent and out there mm-hmm. and right up front when they named the schools. I mean, you can't say that it was named because of that or no. for that. No. I get offended Every time I hear, Patrick Henry was a prominent slave owner. Mm-hmm. Patrick Henry was a prominent orator, mm-hmm. lawyer, politician. And, yeah, he had slaves. Mm-hmm. Along he with, did, it. Along he with did it. He knew it was wrong, and he did the best <laughs> he could in the time that he had. And if he wouldn't have had them, it sounds awful to say, but he would not have been able to fight for the freedom, fight for the independence that they have. Secure independence for ourselves and then look to that of our fellow man
0: uh could we reach you friday just to see how the meeting
1: goes thursday you can but you know in all honesty joe i uh will be working in a school in another district friday during the day so, oh, so i'll talk are, to you after school <laughs> are you going to the meeting thursday i am um, i'm uh, actually leaving work early and going thursday all right, so well, I'm a single mom, I have two kids, I work three jobs, and they're in sports, everything, and this has meant enough to me that I've been up late at night, and I'm taking off work, and I'm whatever. If the change had to come about, then have it come about. Include your community. Do it the right way. And what I'm really offended by is the way that this has been pushed through and blindsided, because we've tried. All right, We've thank, tried going about. Thank you for thank your time,
0: you. and we're going to make an effort to contact you after Thursday. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh we'll be back, huh, with uh more. to this. You ready? Gotcha. A South South Carolina woman claimed a racist Virginia police officer of wrongdoing during a traffic stop in April. Uh, A South Carolina woman accused a Virginia police officer of racism as she was traveling back to her home state. The video went viral and garnered widespread attention. Now the officer's body camera footage has been released. What do we find? Tells a different story. Imagine this. Dawn Hilton-Williams from Diversityville was pulled over in rural Brunswick County on April 27 while heading home to South Carolina after watching her daughter play in a tennis tournament. Following the traffic stop, she posted a nearly 12-minute video to Facebook describing the traffic stop. She claimed she was bullied by a racist cop who threatened to pull me out of the car. She claimed the officer stopped her for driving 65 in a 70-mile-an-hour zone. Mm. She admitted she refused to sign her ticket, a court summons that in reality was not an admission of guilt, just an agreement to either show up in court or pay the ticket. She said the officer threatened to pull her out of her car, arrest her, and impound her vehicle if she did not sign the summons. You don't tell me. So she signed it. She then shows the viewer she is in a rural area. She said, this is where we got lynched. This is where we got lynched. And even in today's day, I was afraid. Mm. I mean pulling you out of a car doesn't seem like a big deal but we when you are African American and you get pulled out of the car you get shot or you get tased or you get Sandra blanded I don't know who Sandra bland is I don't know either She added uh she was only polite but the officer was determined to engage in sick bullying All right It goes viral on your social media's right Yep According to WTVR, Brunswick County Sheriff Brian Roberts soon became aware of the incident after his department received dozens of phone calls from concerned citizens. However, after reviewing the body cam footage from the officer who stopped Hilton-Williams, he said the traffic stop was done completely by the book. I don't know what she's been through, and I don't know her life history. What I worry about is this kind of thing will inflame situations where you see cops in other states have been executed while they were just sitting there eating lunch, he told WTVR. This entire incident was recorded on body camera, and it's all lies. You ready for what really took place? Yes. The footage shows the officer cordially asking Hilton Dash Williams for her driver's license and car registration. He informs her she was actually going 70 in a 55. Okay. She immediately questions the officer, saying there were no signs indicating the speed limit because she had just left a convenience store. Ah. After the officer returned from his vehicle to give Hilton-Williams her traffic ticket, she began questioning him again about speed limit signs. The officer told her she is free to go back down the road to look for them because they are there. So you didn't give me a warning. You gave me an actual ticket, she asked. No warnings today, ma'am, the officer said, to which Hilton-Williams replies with a resounding, wow. The officer informs Hilton-Williams of her option to either prepay the ticket to avoid court or to show up for a court date. I will not be paying this ticket, she said. Aha! Uh-huh. Then the officer asked Hilton-Williams to sign the ticket. She informs him she will not sign the ticket and instead will hire an attorney. The officer responded. So what you are signing here is a promise to either come to court or promise to prepay. It is not an admission of guilt. It's only a promise to me that you're going to get it taken care of by either coming to court or prepaying it. If you refuse to sign the summons at this point, I am going to have to get you out of the side of this car. I'm going to place you under arrest and take you in front of a magistrate. I will get your vehicle towed and go from there. So, yes, ma'am, you do not have a choice in this matter. Hilton Dash Williams then signed the summons to which the officer replied, "Thank you. I knew you was going to sign it. I knew you was going to sign it. <laughs> I no. appreciate it very much, and you have a very safe day. Thank you."
2: That's and then I, you're going to die. No, she said she remembered
0: things differently, according to WTVR. Uh, huh. Yeah, but you is she disputing we, the video? But she we have dis- the video, lady. I hope she's not disputing the yeah. video. You edited. In you her know. Facebook video, Hilton Dash Williams vowed to file a complaint with the Brunswick County Sheriff's Department over the officer's actions, but she never has done so, Sheriff Roberts told
2: WTVR. Maybe she's having some trouble with her attorney. Well, like well, her attorney saying, just shut up and go away. Boy, boy yeah. I'm really glad that body cam was on. Well, what are you getting there? You're getting a woman who felt that she was entitled not to receive a ticket. 70 to 55 is ticket 70 worthy. 70 to 55 is probably. No matter what race you are. I mean, you that's know... That's 15 over.
0: Y- you're generally not given 15 over.
2: No, you 50, I try to 60. get eight, nine over. Well, even, doesn't work for you either. Uh, I huh? go seven. seven. Seven's
3: the magic number.
2: I just go the Depends speed limit. Depends where I am. I go the speed limit, guys. Let's just. I'm sure
3: you do. It. Uh-huh, yeah. sure. But, right. but, no good. wonder no wonder you're always late. Right.
0: <laughs> this is Good point. This is a case of. Uh, of where she wishes to accuse racism which is why the world doesn't mean anything anymore. This is what need
3: this is where we need to push back. Forgive me, where was this Joe? Where did this South Carolina. South Carolina. Carolina. Wasn't that the same area that uh was it a teacher a uh, the lady that had the, she was jogging? Yes, she was walking down the middle of the street. I remember that one, too. And that, I, wasn't I, that also South Carolina? I, it was
0: either, it was South. It was Oklahoma, Florida, Carolinas, I don't know. But it turns out that she was also lying. But so then, this, so woman, it, this woman has announced to the world via her Facebook posting that she's a liar. That she's a liar.
2: Right. And look at how the embellishment tried to sweeten the pot. I was, uh, he threatened to take me out of the car. Oh, he threatened to pull me out. Pull me out of the car. Of the he never car. said,
0: he never said pull. We have his, <sighs> his uh, video was running.
2: This behavior
0: of. Now granted, black people can have a lot of trouble with cops. I get it. I I completely agree but with that. But don't be selling me your BS when you didn't have trouble with the cops.
2: <laughs> right. If she would have completely complied, she would have had her ticket. She's be, she'd be on her way. And, why and are, maybe even maybe even with a warning. I kind of like that. Do we have that here? You
0: don't have that here, do you? The warning? No. The cop stops you for speeding. Can you pay the cop?
2: Sounds oh. to me like he she could have paid it right then.
3: Cash only.
2: Yeah. I think if you're in a different... <laughs> don't they do that if I get a speeding ticket in Wisconsin? Don't I have to pay right there? I don't Cooper's know. got a... Uh, visa thing.
0: We're going to be back shortly, okay. but now thanks to our great friends in Owatonna, Minnesota, at Federated Insurance, where it's their business to protect your business, and nobody does that better than Federated. It's Bruce Vail from the Wall Street Journal
4: and Your Money Now. I
2: think we're about to find out uh, how it works in New Jersey. Very quickly.
4: I, I always have a 50 attached to the back of my driver's yeah. license with a paper clip, just yeah. in case the cop wants <laughs> to be paid right then and there.
2: <laughs> right. <laughs> That's how they do it in Jersey, baby. <laughs> Pretty much, baby. Yep. you got to
4: grease those palms. Uh, we are looking at a down day in the stock market. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is about to see its eight-day winning streak fall by the wayside. Right now, the blue chip index is down 253 points and back into negative territory for the year. Uh, the NASDAQ Composite is off 81 points. The S&P 500 is down 26. Target will cut its next-day delivery fee for household staples, ranging from paper towels to peanut butter butter as it rolls that service out to shoppers nationwide. If you buy household staples through the discount department store chain's restock service, you will pay a $3 delivery fee instead of $5. And if you buy items with Target's branded credit or debit card, you won't pay anything at all. The change comes when shoppers have grown used to the speed and convenience of Amazon shopping. Julian's Auctions in Beverly Hills is prepping for two days of auctions focused on a number of musical icons. Among the stars whose stuff will be up for bids are Prince, Bob Dylan, and George Harrison. The lot includes a guitar Prince had commissioned, as well as outfits he wore on stage, and some handwritten lyrics. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Alright, thank you very much. Try
2: to stay out of uh, jail there, Bruce. We'll talk to you uh, if you are next hour. Hey, uh, GLers, uh, we got a little treat for you here right now, and that involves soccer. Tune in tonight at 6 p.m., for the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken. Oh, a delicious Heineken would be great on the patio tonight. Adrian and Jamie Watson will be talking fertilizer program.
1: Connection Garage, logic segment number, number
2: eight. So sad,
5: Here's John Thank you, Joe. It is sunny and 72 degrees. Twins Cardinals tonight at Target Field. Jose Barrios pitches for the Twins. Jack Fleury pitches for St. Louis. The Minnesota Whitecaps, a local women's hockey franchise formed back in 2004, is joining the National Women's Hockey League. Nice. And WHL began with four teams, the Boston Pride, Buffalo Buttes, Connecticut Whale, and New York, now metropolitan Riveters, Minnesota will be team number five. Will play in the league's next season. What is this women's hockey? Yep. Well, uh, oh, the, the Minnesota National... Whitecaps
2: are uh, like a low. They're not
5: like a. They are a
2: local uh, females that play uh, hockey in different parts of the uh, country.
5: I don't
0: know what I'd do without our listeners who do the work for us. Huh. They're great. Uh, I asked what a million dollars weighs, and Robert writes. A million dollars in $100 bills weighs 22.05 pounds. A million dollars in $20 bills weighs 110.5 pounds. A million dollars in $10 bills weighs 220.5 pounds. A million dollars in $5 bills weighs 441 pounds. And a million in a dollar bills weighs 2,205 pounds. Got it. I mouthed the words as you said them. Well... Thank you, uh, Robert, for doing the job that the two knuckleheads are supposed to do. Yeah. So you'd want hundreds, obviously. Well, if you're going to get the suitcase sure. on the plane, it's yeah. got to be in hundreds. Yeah.
3: Did we ever find out what the form is that you have to f- no. sign up for? So you don't have to declare where the money's going. I guess not. Or what it's going for, just as long as you say,
5: I got it on me. You just yeah. declare the money, right? I got just a saying. million bucks I got a million suitcase. dollars.
3: Who's Sue Cook?
5: Going to have some fun. <laughs> Uh, back to the Whitecaps. Uh, they yeah. were they were formed in 2004 by Twin Cities hockey dads Jack Brott and Dwayne Schmidgall. They wanted a place for their daughters to play hockey after college. The first seven seasons, the Whitecaps were part of the Canada-based Western Women's Hockey League, uh, but they uh, now play an independent schedule because the league broke up in 2011. Play against Minnesota college and prep teams with the Gophers, Minnesota Duluth, and Shattuck St. Mary's among the teams that they played. Now they are in the professional National Women's Hockey League. News notes from today. The city.
0: Where are they of- going to play? I'm sorry. Where are they going to play? Their home games? Uh, I'm well, not sure a
2: good where they are. question. I don't know that. Home games right now, I think they played at. Um, Ritter? No, they played some games there, but their home ice, uh, I'm not sure. They played at never, Highlands. Ne-
0: never mind. You have no clue, and neither do I. And so let's go. Don't you like the name? I know the
2: Broat family is very involved in the uh, the Whitecaps. Okay. And Winnie, uh, Chelsea Broat. <laughs> Uh, Lindsey Brown, our own uh, uh, co worker here, mm-hmm. is one of the net minders. Really? I know more about the white caps than you think. You sure as hell know more about the white caps than what a million dollars weighed. Hey, did he do $50? Nope. $50 bills?
0: Wait a minute, did he? <laughs> uh, he nope. did a 100 No, nope, he didn't do 50s. Well, it would just be half, right? <laughs> yeah, whatever. John, please, you have to keep going, otherwise, he keeps Wouldn't talking. would be, be double the hundreds? John.
2: News
3: notes from today, right? (laughs) City of Minneapolis. Wait, wait,
2: wait, wait. Listen, what
3: what was the hundreds? It would be twice as much as the $100 bills. Yeah.
2: 40 pounds? Half, Half as
3: much. No twice oh, as twice much. Oh, twice as much. You're right. hundred dollar yeah. bills Chris was 22 right. pounds. So twice
5: it'd be 44, 44
2: pounds. See, there you go. First time, time that's you. ever yeah. been
5: uttered on this show. Chris was right. Chris was right. News <laughs> notes by the <laughs> staff and the listeners. <laughs> <laughs> News notes from today. City of Minneapolis says as many as 15,000 affordable housing units have been lost since 2000. Right now, the city of Minneapolis spends about 11 to 13 million bucks a year on affordable housing. But in 2019, Mayor Jacob Fry wants to boost that number to Fifty million. Where's he going to get the money, John? Yeah, he's bike lanes. No lines. idea. He says at mm-hmm. this point, bike <laughs> lanes. He said it's my core belief that affordable housing must be in every neighborhood, so this agenda must be for our entire city. That's his core belief because he's a core mysterious.
2: Is there not affordable housing right now? It's getting tougher to find, but we have low income finance, low income housing, mm-hmm. correct for people that desperately need it, mm-hmm. and we're building. Low income things everywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, when is it where? I'm not trying to be well, mean, but where is the line drawn? Where, where do you. When you're a mystery and there is no line, you just keep building <laughs> just more. Just keep going.
5: Going. Okay. In the uh, simplest terms, his four pronged approach would aim to increase the development of affordable housing, preserve the affordable housing that already is there, help renters by hiring more inspectors and other city staff to help fight what they call unfair landlords and increase ownership. Uh, access, excuse me, to ownership. No timeline yet on how each step of this initiative would fall into place, and no certainly whether the uh, well pretty ambitious proposal of fifty million dollars in funding would ever be realized. Patients across Minnesota are busy trying to get uh, to make sure they can get their hands on needed epinephrine brands in uh, the case of a potentially deadly allergic reaction, there's currently a nationwide EpiPen shortage. The shortage involves pens made by the drug manufacturer Mylon, which is having trouble because of manufacturing problems. Pharmacists across the Twin Cities say they're getting pens intermittently, so they'll go weeks and get nothing from suppliers, and then randomly they'll later get a couple into the pharmacy. For those reasons, they say it's hard to predict what the supply will be day to day. What is this device? It's Bee a Hastings, right? It's a, yeah, oh, anything, any kind of allergic reaction. It's a little pen, you stick it in your leg, and it takes yeah, it. Yeah, it comes
2: in this form. It's It's wide, and you just Boom, if somebody has a, a an allergic reaction to peanuts or any other
5: type of major... Manny's got one.
2: Major uh, reaction when your throat what, starts uh, to... Is uh,
0: Travolta stabbed uh, the chick with in uh, no. the Tarantino movie? No, that
5: actually was a... Uh, he actually had medicine in there. Oh. He had... Uh, uh, Adrenaline, adrenaline right, yeah. to start right. our heart. This is just a. And pen I don't really know that if that works on. in general. You know, I, mean, I don't know either. I, don't, I have no idea. What is the kind of pen Joe is going to stab rookie through the heart with? <laughs> wood. That's oh, a pencil. wood one. Yeah. Got it. Pencil. Uh, not so good development this afternoon in the Korean situation. North Korea announcing it has canceled a high level summit with South Korea, and now is threatening to cancel that meeting with the United States and President Trump. What uh, do we do? Well, apparently there's uh, American military drills going on with South Korea, and they don't like it. That happens all the time. Yeah. Uh, North Korea's state media outlet claims the military drills are a rehearsal for a potential invasion of their country. Ah, President Trump will tweet something out to calm things over him. I think so. The meeting between officials from the neighboring countries was expected to be a follow-up to the historic summit held last month between North Korean leader Kim Jong-un and South Korean President Moon Jae-in. The co-pilot of a Sichuan Airlines flight mm. that was forced to make an emergency landing on Monday was sucked halfway out of the plane after a cockpit windshield blew out, according to media, citing the aircraft's captain. Is he alive? Mm-hmm. Yeah. brain Lu- rest. Lu Chuan Jian. How could he be
0: alive oh. and that woman was not?
5: Well, well
3: the, the woman, the, there was damage where she was, this was just the window popped out. off yeah. the
5: plane when the woman went oh. out, and I think her head oh, uh, okay. took, took the brunt of the okay. problems there. Ali Xuanjin, hailed as a hero on social media after having to land the Airbus A319, told the Chengdu Economic Daily his aircraft had just reached a cruising altitude of 32,000 feet when a deafening sound tore through the cockpit. The cockpit experienced a sudden loss of pressure and drop in temp, and he said when he looked over, the cockpit's right windshield was gone. He was quoted as saying, There's no warning sign. Next thing I know, my co-pilot had been sucked halfway out of the window. Everything in the cockpit was floating in the air. Most of my equipment malfunctioned and I couldn't hear the radio. The plane was shaking so hard I couldn't read the gauges. The co-pilot, who was wearing a seatbelt, was pulled back in. He suffered scratches and a sprained wrist, according to the Civil Aviation Administration of China. One other cabin crew member was also injured in the descent. None of the plane's 119 passengers were injured. The Civil Aviation Administration said... France's BEA Accident Investigation Agency and Airbus would send staff to China to see what happened. Sichuan Airlines flight left the central Chinese municipality of Chuanqing on Monday, bound for the Tibetan capital of Lhasa, made its emergency landing in the southwest city of Chengdu. Facebook says the company's CEO, Mark Zuckerberg, will not appear in person to respond to a list of nearly... 40 questions on controversial topics that a UK Parliament committee says other company representatives have failed to answer. While Rebecca Stimson, Facebook UK's head of public policy, sent the committee responses to each question yesterday, she also wrote that Zuckerberg, quote, has no plans to meet with the committee or travel to the United Kingdom at the present time. Parliament's Digital, Culture, Media and Sport committee sent the 39 questions to Zuckerberg after it had interviewed Facebook's chief technology officer, Mike Schroffer, on April 26th. This is the second day in a row we've had that committee pop up. Mm-hmm. Isn't that a weird mix for you? Mm-hmm. Digital, culture, media, and sport committee. Yeah, I don't how get does, the sport How does card. sport fit in with, I don't know. with the rest of that? We had that yesterday in the story. I'm
0: outraged. Is Dave Dahl ready? Yes, he is. Well, then Very you'll, ready. you'll have to take us to break, then. I can do no, it. No, I can do it. I can do it. I can.
2: I'll let you do it. <laughs>
3: I want to do it. I want to do it. I want to do it. (laughs) Affiliates
5: are happy.
0: And now, a man who has never had a relationship
5: with a tree Joe Suchere. Here's Dave Dahl. Thank you, Joe. Sunshine and 72 out there. We should uh, hit a high somewhere in the mid to upper 70s later on this afternoon. Mostly clear skies tonight. It's going to be a mild overnight, down to 60, light and variable breeze. Tomorrow, mostly sunny and warm, up to 84, and it will be a little humid as well. Southwest wind's not helping us out much at 5 miles per hour. And then for Thursday, warm and humid. Isolated thunderstorms develop by late in the day, probably holding off until evening Thursday. Thursday's high, 82. Friday, a better chance for some scattered showers and thunder showers. 80 for the high then. And it slips to 67 for the high on Saturday with more showers around and quite a few clouds. But the sunshine pops out on Sunday of this weekend, 72 for the high then, mid to upper 70s early next week. Going for a low tonight down to 60, Joe. Right now we're at 72 and I have the records for the day.
0: May 15.
5: 94. 94. In 2001. In
0: 2001.
5: And 31. 31.
0: 1980. 1980. Man, that was cold. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Joe. I got a little problem with something.
2: What you got? I'm sure I can help you, sir. Uh, the
0: Star Tribune's been really selling us this. Or maybe the Pioneer Press had it, too. Uh, the, the DNR has managed to, f- in almost what sounds like an act of desperation, uh, the DNR has managed to find an officer that they say... Was killed in the line of duty, and okay. thus and thus uh, needs to be saluted in some
2: a recognized
0: some careful way. And yes, they, they had to go back to eighty two years, and they found Olaf Lofquist. Olaf Lofquist. Mm-hmm. What does he do? And they say he was killed in the line of duty, and he's going to be honored today at the at a state capitol ceremony. His name is Olaf Peterson Lofquist. A DNR conservation officer. And I'm thinking, well, you know, good. Okay. okay maybe he came upon a campsite where a bear was something happened to something steal tragic. the kids and he waited in there and started fighting the bear and the bear won. Right. Some days you fight the bar and the bar wins.
2: Right. So, I
0: or I thought maybe he was, you know, in a boat and a giant muskie got him or right, something. Right, right. Yeah. Something. Uh, I'm, I'm picturing something heroic. Well, think of something. Uh, dying in the line of uh, not
2: fighting this off is a wild a wolf or something yes, like this and yes. letting the, the family escape to safety
0: well,
2: you know i mean olaf sounds like he's dedicated here what oh Dumb. god bless the fella. yeah you got to lay this down we got to find out what olaf did so we can celebrate it well his memory
0: well, he was headed to a courthouse to testify in a poaching case on January 4, 1936, when his vehicle was hit by a train. And he and he mm, didn't he didn't make it. That's uh, He wasn't even driving. He was a passenger in the train.
2: That's kind of double. I, you know, I
0: You got to at least be driving the car maybe. This but, is how far back we've had to go
2: for someone on duty. And, and, and we should be grateful. We don't want to lose DNR people. Uh, of course, of course not. Uh, you know what? It's a tip of the ca- a cap to the uh the DNR workers that this hasn't happened for that amount of time. But driving to them. The guy was in a car. You know. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry for his loss and I don't know. it doesn't doesn't really that picture was not painted in my mind. Olaf was a passenger in a car driven by another officer
0: as they headed to court to testify in a trial of poachers they had arrested. The car skidded on ice into the path of a train and Olaf was killed. And this is 82 years ago. And uh, apparently the family of Olaf, uh, Pearson Lofquist, shared this story amongst themselves, but the records of it apparently got lost in the DNR files and then they were recently... Rediscovered by Pat Zaneda, Zaneda, Z-N-A-J-D-A, Zaneda,
2: Z-N-A. of the
0: DNR Enforcement Division. And he dug deeper into the agency records, leading him to realize that it seems that a lot of early history really seems sketchy. Records weren't kept the way they are now. And so this guy, uh, Pat, uh, he tracked down one of Loftquist's grandchildren and collected more nuggets from the Historical Society. Hmm.
2: Well, so the family knew about this and just kind of passed it off, generation to generation. You well, know, I mean, but did they specifically in the car? You know, when the DNR said we need to celebrate one of our fallen heroes, well, apparently did they, already they know about this. No, no, or then did I they go? I think they stumbled on this. Let's go back and find out. Okay. Let's find out. I mean, you, know, mm. you know, I'm all for uh, yeah, yes, celebrity. of course, but. Yeah, but honoring honoring a fallen isn't hero, it kind of a, isn't it kind of a stretch? Well, that wasn't very heroic. And I think when you want to remember a, you'll know, get a, eaten fallen, by a muskie.
0: That would be pretty heroic.
2: Yes, and that would be one hell of a story. Yeah, he fought until the end. Yeah, he fought a whole pack of wolves. Right
0: until they devoured him, and the only thing left was his DNR belt buckle. Boom. That's you know what? Put up a statue for the guy.
2: Big DNR belt.
0: Right. Big yes. DNR bill. The wolf couldn't digest that; spit that out.
2: Then you. Are, were the, was there another one before this, or do we? No, not, this is it. This is this, this is the guy. Well, considering how many DNR guys we probably have in this state over the years, yeah, isn't that a feather in their cap? Isn't that a positive that they haven't lost one? You know, in the last what eighty the, years? Uh, this is an annual candlelight
0: ceremony at the State Law Enforcement Memorial near the Capitol. Tonight, I guess mm-hmm. you're going to get to uh, honor. William Matthews, the Wayzata police officer, was run over last September. Remember that terrible story? I yeah, that's horrible. Uh, but they're they're you know they're throwing in Oli here. You know, he's a passenger in the car.
2: Yeah, yeah my wife's uh, family had a the car uh, skidded the other way. He might not have died. Right. You know. My wife's family has a a fallen firefighter, yeah. Louis Keeger that was. Um, He's, his name is down on the uh, the fireman's memorial. He died in the line of fire. It says here that Lofquist died doing what conservation officers
0: in Minnesota have done every day since the late 1800s, protecting our state's natural resources. No, he, he was in a car. He, was, he t- was
2: on his way to the courthouse. tuning
0: in the radio, trying to find a ball game. I mean, what... No, I, guess, I grant you, I mean, he was going to, you know, testify against the poacher.
2: I'd rather have you in the field. Yeah. I'd want this, the story to be a little more exciting. Then, uh, you can't deny that he was on the job, though.
0: No, you can't. And they say it's a stark reminder of the risks the officers take each day when they put on their uniforms and head into the field. Well, uh, good for you, Olaf Pearson Lofquist. Well, his family will be happy, right? I think so. You, you would hope so. It's a big honor, you right, know. Right, right. Uh, Just a moment.
2: Okay.
0: Another airline has come to its senses. What do you got? American Airlines. What are they doing? Uh, We'll no longer allow insects... Goats and hedgehogs brought on board planes as emotional support animals. Oh, good. I would say that's also true of the Krabby Coffee Shop. Get your bleeping emotional support insect out of here.
2: See you later. Yeah, people have been pushing that over the, over the last several years. I don't want to fly on
0: any plane with anyone who needs a goat with them or a hedgehog. Right. I don't trust them. Yep can still bring I'm- on a miniature horse. <laughs> <laughs> miniature horses are okay as long as they have been properly trained as service animals. How do you get it to sit down in a Yeah, See seat? Which is a great question. How would someone claim they trained an insect? They, they can't. Right. They're not enough of a brain pan. No. Be like trying to train you. <laughs> you can't do that. I know that for sure. You can't be trained, can you? No, not at all. Those who want to bring a comfort animal on board now have to file paperwork 48 hours before the flight. These rules go in effect on July 1st. So I guess between now and July 1st, you can still bring your cricket with you. Or your tick. Don't forget to check yourself for ticks. If it offers you some sort of emotional support. Or your hedgehog. Now, you know what? You know what? No, you're not bringing it. No. Everybody's gotta start saying no. No. Are you trying to push back? I'm You're push- starting to push back movement. And, and you know what, when it comes to miniature horses, yeah. I'm gonna uh uh-uh, uh 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 take your miniature horse, put it in the back of a big family truckster, and drive to your vacation.
2: Go away. Where are you? Yeah, going? You have to drive, put it in a trailer if you need to. You can't fly. Plus, are you going to an important business meeting? You're gonna show up a little horse. You should not get the deal. No. I would, I would take my big. I'm going go to the, I'm gonna go or, to the client who doesn't have a horse. I reject it. I reject your proposal. Reject
0: it. Say no, no. If you're that screwed up, get the hell off the plane. You're not. You're not. You're not safe. Insects. People have support. Insects. Fifteen hundred. ESPN. Yeah, where is it? Poop is KSTP. Get the big shovel. St. Paul, Minneapolis. <laughs>